0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Divided Films, the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics do not agree on. Uh, My name is JJ and with me as always is my co-host Keith. Hello! And uh, with us today for the first time are friends Shannon Fallon and Shana Robotham. Welcome guys.
1: Hi, thank you. Hi.
0: Good to have you guys on the podcast today for the first time. Uh, so, the movie we have in line today is the 2019 Christmas film Last Christmas, directed by Paul Feig and starring uh, Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. This movie falls into the category of having a negative score with critics and a positive score with audiences on Rotten Tomatoes 47%. Of the critics approve, 81% of audiences approve. So that's a pretty significant difference there. And the critics' consensus on Last Christmas. Likeable leads, terrific behind-the-scenes talent, and an intriguing musical hook are not enough to save Last Christmas from its poorly conceived story. Um, so there you have it. That's where critics and audiences lie on Last Christmas. So... What do you guys think initially? Was this the first time you had seen it? I mean, this movie just came out last year, right? Um, it did make a lot of money, so people did see this. But I don't know. For me, this is my first time seeing Last Christmas, um, so like, share your initial thoughts. And if you're surprised that you know this is something that audiences like more than critics, so let's start with um, let's start with Shannon.
2: Um, so I first have to make a confession. This was my first time seeing it, but I have this really bad habit sometimes. So if I see a movie I'm intrigued by, but not, don't think I'm going to see, I might go read the synopsis. So I had read the synopsis of this about a year ago. Um, and then that kind of tied in with the, the song definitely knew the, the kind of trick ending. Um, But I'll say my initial reaction was it's a good kind of heartwarming lesson learned holiday movie, but fell into some some typical tropes of like the the, you know, messed up young 20s something girl who needs to find her way and needs a handsome man to get her there. So I I didn't love that.
0: Yeah, that's kind of um, something we've seen before in a lot of other kinds of movies, specifically Hallmark movies. And we'll touch up on Hallmark later on, I think. Uh, but what about you, Shay? Um, what was what was your initial thoughts, and what do you think about the divide?
1: Well, it was my first time seeing the movie as well, and I remember when previews came out. Uh, whenever the movie was coming out, I had pretty much zero interest in going to see it. I'm not one for romantic comedies, and I'm also not one for those like ensemble cast Christmas movies unless they're sort of like classics. Um, so I really was 100% disinterested (laughs) in watching this. Um, I think, you know, the, the divide between the audience and the critics, I think I know where I fall. Um, but I will say that I was, I was pleasantly, you know, it, it was, it was entertaining enough, I think, for just one of those sit down movies that you don't have to pay that much attention to, but you leave and you get a couple genuine reactions. So Um, Yeah,
0: but I thought it was uh, an interesting spin that I I was not originally expecting. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, So it's interesting. Shannon kind of went in knowing the twist, and Shay did not. Um, What about you, Keith? What was was your reaction to this movie initially?
3: This is the most charming
0: mental breakdown I've ever seen in a film. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much.
3: Uh, This is the first time that I seen it I remember seeing trailers for it last year and I'm it when it when I realized it was about the song I'm like I I think he might be dead spoiler like I we're gonna go into that but I kind of saw that coming I think whether you like or hate this film or however you feel about it, this movie's strange can we just all admit that this movie is strange I think it goes into some it, there's some moments where it goes into charming areas,
0: and then it goes into odd areas. Um, that, yeah, you know, I guess we're all first time watching this movie. And that's the thing. I was trying to think, do I know anyone who's seen this movie before? And I don't think so. Despite the fact that it made a lot of money when it came out, I feel like this is not something that maybe appealed to many people in our generation, which is surprising, because I think that's what they were going for, based on the cast, right? Amelia Clark, A.K.A. Daenerys Targaryen, and then Henry Golding, who a lot of us were introduced to in Crazy Rich Asians, which many of us saw. Uh, I think they were definitely trying to market towards us, especially with this like hot mess of a twenty-something-year-old girl. But for some reason, it, like it, it just didn't hit the mark with um, maybe who they were aiming for. I do have to say I saw somewhere a spoiler for this movie that, you know, and then spoiler everyone out there listening, that Henry Golding is like a ghost essentially. Or I don't know. I don't know what he is, but he's not real or he's not alive. I did not realize until watching this that, you know, he's like the heart donor basically. And we'll kind of get into that. But it was very obvious. Like the second that um, the Kate character – is talking about how she had a heart transplant. I'm immediately like, oh, Henry Golding is the donor. Like, that's so obvious. And so this movie has this big twist at the end. But my big issue, among others, is that it's incredibly obvious and predictable that there's a twist and this guy is not real. I mean, number one, no one else is seeing this guy, Tom, <laughs> right? No one else interacts with him. No one else sees him. He doesn't have a phone, or I mean, he does, but like, he doesn't, he's on. He can't be contacted. It's it's something that, like, if they wanted to surprise you, they should have, like, tried harder. Um, but And that's a shame because I think it's an interesting idea that, like, a Christmas spirit might be the person who donated their organ to you and sacrificed their life to you or something. Uh, but at the same time, I'm torn because it's a very literal interpretation of the song Last Christmas. <laughs> I gave you my heart, like, literally out of my chest and into yours. Um, so I know I, I, I have mixed feelings about this movie um, but I can definitely see where both people are coming both audiences and critics are coming from I wanted to like it I, I, I feel like on paper I should
1: actually kind of interestingly JJ um, so when I watched this I my my brother and my sister-in-law were in the room and I definitely had that moment before they talked about the, the heart transplant where I I was kind of like ruminating on things that were happening and I was like Much earlier I I asked myself if Tom was real because he kept showing up just out of the blue in the middle of the night, just at the right time. He sort of, you know, casually disappears for days. And honestly, you know, Keith said that it's sort of like this, you know, uh heart like heartwarming feel for like the fact that she's like a a hot mess. But I think that like I, I partially was like, why is he even interested in her? She's Because I think that this is the one thing why I don't love um, this style or genre of movie is that they tend to be just so over the top that they have to make her like a dumpster fire of a mess. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought that that was kind of interesting because I did have that moment um, earlier where I was kind of like, is he even real? But at the end, you know, I I was talking a little bit about it. I I talked briefly with Shannon before today and she said something about it being on the nose with the song. And I had a moment where I was like, I didn't even put that together with the song because I think that it just fades into the Wait, background. You didn't put like, it
2: together even at the end of the movie and she sang the song, you didn't put it together? I, I, think, that, I think that like these
1: classic songs are so, like you just hear them all <laughs> the time that you're not actually thinking about the lyrics. And, what, okay. and then later I said that to my brother And he was, he actually was listening to the music the whole time, the whole time. And he was like, this soundtrack is so much better than the movie. And when I said that about (laughs) the song, he was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think about the lyrics either. So really surprisingly, (laughs) we didn't really pick up on the obvious nature of the song. I, I just don't think we were thinking about the lyrics.
3: Huh? No, that, that, um, when I was doing research about like how audiences felt about it, I, there was a lot of like, I, this is a, surprise twist people were actually taken back by the surprise and yeah uh i guess people they do exist
0: (laughs) i mean sure if maybe uh you're going into it thinking it's just a straight up rom-com then you might not be like even considering the fact that there might be a twist but it should have it was striking me as odd like there's something odd here with this guy he does show up out of nowhere And, again, no one else is talking to him. No one else seems to be acknowledging him. Uh, So, like, at least you should have some sort of idea. If you've seen movies before in general, if you're, like, a regular moviegoer, you should have a sense that they're setting something up here uh, because they don't hide it well.
2: I agree. Um, And I kind of want to go back to a little bit on, on the twist that they didn't set it up well. Everybody was guessing it but I think for me even with that it would have landed a little bit better for me if they had done it more like a it's a wonderful life where everybody kind of knows or it's obvious at the end like this is a figment of her imagination maybe her she ends up back in the hospital at one point and then we see this guy come in she wakes up and he's he teaches her the meaning of christmas and to appreciate her life again as opposed to we never really got an answer on You know, is this in her head? It seemed like it was all in her head is what they kind of got us to. But
0: maybe he was a ghost. I think he has to have been a ghost because how would she know to go to his apartment? You know, how would she? Because he's a part of her,
2: JJ. He's in her. Uh,
0: Her, his heart, not his brain. Uh, (laughs) But I want another issue I have, too, is the reveal of this twist. So, like, she, you know, she goes to his apartment that realtor's there. But then it does this thing that it flashes. Once she realizes the truth, it flashes back to all the scenes they had together, and showing him there, and then not there, showing how that she made was me laugh. alone all those times. And I hate that. Like the movie is spelling it out way too much. It's like, guess we know, we know he's a ghost. We know he wasn't really there, and we even suspected it at the time. But you don't have to like make it so in our face about it, because then it looked really silly. Like her talking to herself on the bench and I guess she was making out with herself on the bench too. I <laughs> mean, that, that struck me as they didn't show that, but, um, I just hate movies that dispel everything out so clearly, like have a little confidence in your audience to like realize. And then hopefully when they go back to the movie, then they'll be like, Oh wow. She's like alone in all these scenes. Again, you can just, you know, imagine it yourself. You don't have to like, um, spoon feed the twists to the audience like that. I find that frustrating.
3: Shannon, you do you think this movie could have been written a different way where it could have been better? Uh, and that's a genuine question. I, I because this was written by like Emma Thompson, who I think is a fantastic writer. And there are times where I was like, I think she wrote this on a bet. <laughs> like, can you make this song into a movie? She's like give me give me five weeks
2: yeah i think it could have been written better honestly even i think shane and i discussed this for like a split second even like they did like this little side story with like the immigrant story which is very timely today but even everything felt a yeah. little too on the nose and particularly like they made it immigrants that look like kind of western european so they didn't immigrant. even go into yeah. the the piece that, you know, no, we we do a great job as a society of calling out people who look differently than us. Um, I think a lot of things just felt too forced to me. The, the song, the he's a ghost, she's a, she's a screw up. And then even these social messages that they're trying to put in there for us.
0: Yeah. It kind of, I was kind of curious, like, um, you have these family dynamics, you know, um, and those all kind of seem like interesting scenes to me, but they all kind of seemed like a little forced, um, you know, like what is is this is this movie trying to do too much now? You know, um, it, I, I'm not sure. I, I honestly think that not only could this movie do better, I in terms of writing, it seemed like it needed two or three more rewrites. That's kind of the impression yes. I had in terms of like the story elements, how it's executed. You know, the the Rotten Tomatoes consensus says poorly conceived story. I think there's interesting story elements. I think it's poorly executed. That's how I would put it. And it's crazy because I think I read somewhere on your fact sheet, Keith, that you sent me that Emma Thompson had been working on this script since 2010. I couldn't believe that. Like, how many treatments did this script get? Because it didn't seem – it seemed like this might have been only, like, a second draft to me. That sounds harsh, but it felt that way. Like, someone else needed to step in and just kind of rework, um, like, certain plot elements.
3: Yeah, no, it just, like, I uh, – Shay, I – I don't really go for these kind of romantic comedies, but I'm always kind of taken in by like a good romantic. Like I, I feel like I'm going to name the same. But I watched uh, yesterday Mm. that came out last year as well, and that's a very yeah the Beatles and about time. Granted, they're all written by one guy, but uh, I think those are very well written, and they kind of take the they're very well executed premises. And this definitely goes in the hallmark. On the note, this is a high budgeted Hallmark film.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think that, I feel like that there's maybe something there. I, I think, JJ, what you had said really does resonate in that, like, maybe it just did need to go through more editing to finesse it. Um, I do tend to think that these movies just kind of are like su- super obvious or a little bit over the top with how wacky or goofy or sad or, you know, like, so I, I do feel like that's like, maybe like a hallmark of these like hallmark films um but one thing that i did think of that i would kind of argue jj is that at the ending i don't necessarily think that they were spoon feeding us by showing all of the the memories of her alone and then with tom again i think that they do that to sort of elicit that emotion again so bring us back at the end to all of these moments that were kind of meant to be really magical and Um, it like transformative for her. um, And just, I I think it's more of an emotional draw that they're trying to get out of people there.
0: I I get that. Um, You know, it's kind of supposed to be maybe sad that he wasn't really there, but that kind of almost, you know, when she's by herself in the ice rink or something, that kind of brings me back to what Keith said. It seems like she's having a mental (laughs) breakdown. She looks like a crazy person. (laughs) So in terms of the idea of trying to elicit that emotion, I get that. But again, execution wise, it's it fell flat it came off as too silly and you know the the story being inspired by george michael george michael's christmas classic i mean i do like that song a lot and i like the idea that the soundtrack is all george michael songs uh i kind of like that in fact i was even kind of like tossing around the idea in my head like what if this was a musical where all the numbers are george michael's songs because then it would have made it like so much more over the top that I would have bought the cheesy story more. You know what I mean? Like Maybe they should have just gone out all cheese and made it super stylized. And then I would have been a little more accepting of these sillier and outlandish plot elements.
3: Wake me up before you <sighs>
0: go, <go-go>. go. <laughs> yeah, that could that be had- like the opening number or something.
2: I had almost that same thought when I realized it was all George Michael songs. I was like, I, I kind of like this like I'm a shameless Mamma Mia fan. So I kind of had that same thought. Like maybe I would like this a little bit better if they just really owned it.
0: Yeah, they should have. I'm all I'm all about going all the way with something. Um so uh I'm and I'm curious if that was even an idea they they tossed around cuz I mean again all the songs are very much on the nose about what's going on. I mean they play Wake Me Up like I think as she's waking up. <laughs> you know, it's like it's so like literal all the time um, that it comes off is just, I laugh at it at times instead of laughing with it, which is you know, not a good sign. Is
1: that really a good nutritional choice? Oh God,
0: don't you
3: stop. Where are you?
0: Look up. Yeah. You know, after you've what you've been through, I mean,
1: shouldn't you be eating quinoa or kale or something?
3: Yeah, but this admittedly rank burger It's all part of my grand plan to become a famous singer and die like Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse and all the rest at the age of 27. How old are you? 45. Good to have dreams. Not really, I'm 26. Well,
1: thank God, still have time.
3: (laughs) Come on, get rid of that. Let's go. I've got a
0: surprise for you.
1: One other thought that I had just to, to follow up on this feeling of a lot of the elements being forced. I, and, and also over the top, I in general think that Amelia Clark, I just don't love her acting. It's, it's really interesting because in Game of Thrones, she's just constantly, stu- like, you know, no, no facial expressions, no emotion, um, other than anger, maybe. And in any other movie that I've seen her in, especially these like romantic dramas or rom coms, she's over the top expressive. Where she's just always like making these little like eyebrow gestures and and these faces that just feel like I'm like, do you really like is this really how your face is in real life? Because I, I feel like her facial expressions are over the top, too.
3: I, I'll defend the audience's perspective. I actually well, I thought Amelia Clark was kind of the saving grace of this film. I thought she was incredibly. Char- I think this is like her strength. Like uh, Daenerys, I I don't think she can, excluding Daenerys, and Daenerys is more stoic than actiony, except when she's on a dragon. Like she try she, she couldn't really do Sarah Connor. She's not really a Star Wars action person, in my opinion. But when I actually enjoyed the me before you or him before, I see I I went into that knowing nothing. I didn't know the twist to the 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 twist to that. I was like and I. I guess it's like Jim Carrey. What people say to Jim Carrey: You can't control the face. I thought her eyebrows are all over the place, and I I found her incredibly charming with this. And I was
0: aside from the weirdness that the movie's bringing, I thought she was actually doing a good job. You know, there's something I feel like I want to coin, which is like called like rom com acting, and it involves a lot of just <laughs> it involves a lot of like big smiles. You know, like you're having a good time even through like you know the difficult parts of your character's arc so a lot of times throughout the movie she has this big sm- like sunshine smile on her face um, and I think that's like part of like what's trying to elicit charm uh, and a good time out of the movie like oh she's smiling she's having a good time even though her character's life is a total mess so I guess I, you know maybe I feel like I'm having a good time I I don't know it's just like in the beginning scene for example when she's getting picked up by a guy and she's she has a really expositiony thing about like you know her, her family and whatever she's telling her life story to this guy she has this huge like smile and she's constantly like laughing and chuckling at everything and that's kind of like the face you see in a lot of these movie posters too like everyone's having a great time and everyone has this like big smile on their face and you will too if you come see it so um, it's it's it comes off as forced at times but she does the smile well. You know, like, it's a nice smile, uh, and she she does come off. Yeah, she does come off, I think, just charming with, um, you know, that look. But uh, in general, just the idea of that kind of acting, I I kind of don't fall for it as much as I used to. It's like, okay, just because you're smiling doesn't mean I'm smiling, okay?
1: (laughs) I'm curious to know, Shannon, from another, like, woman's perspective, like, did you find Amelia Clark
2: as charming? No, no, I'm more on your page, Shay. It felt a little over the top. Um yeah, a, a little too forced. I, I don't I don't think at uh, JJ, I think you kind of hit it on the head. Um even though I find Amelia Clark typically charming, but this character was a little over the top for me.
0: Well, what about um the Henry Golden character? You know, he's supposed to be someone who I think he's supposed to be more charming because he's supposed because Amelia Clark's character Kate warms up to him. And he kind of, I don't know, as what turns out to be this sort of Christmas spirit character. I think he's trying to elicit like this very pure goodness coming out of him because he's, he's trying to teach her to be good and to be selfless. Um, and so I, I don't know, you, I don't know if we're getting like the actual Tom character or like I guess some weird version of him, you know. But uh, I, I, I feel like Henry Golding doesn't have a lot to work with in this
1: movie I mean Except dancing <laughs> who doesn't find Henry Golding charming
0: <laughs> just being himself I guess is charming enough
1: yeah well here's the thing I I think what you just said JJ speaks volumes to me that he just he didn't have a lot to work with I don't really think he played a role really in the movie. Um, I don't even really feel like there was a genuine romance. And, and one thing I was going to say before, when I was talking about the, we were talking about the feeling of things being a little bit forced. I also didn't feel any chemistry really between the two of them. It that That whole interaction, everything between them felt over the top where I was kind of like, you know, they're going on, you know, being strangers to going on these really cute romantic dates, but then it still didn't feel like anything developed to me between them. So so something did fall flat for me in terms of their romance. Um and I I I think for me just based on like what things I like, I did like that they were showing the good that he was doing and his volunteerism and working at the homeless shelter. Um and so I did like that they, you know, he brought that to her in that sense. So I feel like that was more his contribution was showing her these other ways that she could find herself again and do good and um, feel good and things like that but a lot of the other pieces just really um, I didn't think there was much there
0: I, I like the sentiment right uh, go volunteer at this homeless shelter and make other people's lives better and find find other ways to tap into your potential and make other people happy I like I think this movie is sincere and I think that um, it is like genuinely trying to convey these um, sentiments of being good for others and not wallowing in your own Hitty. I get all of that, but, again, it comes down to execution where it's just really hokey. Um, like, the the end, like, pageant or whatever that is, like, the homeless shelter, I found that, like, so corny and so hokey, I could not take it seriously. Um, like, I, I don't know, like if like, so many people turn out to this, I don't know, cabaret show at a homeless shelter. I found that like I kind of howled at that and everyone in the movie shows up. Every single person she <laughs> encounters in this movie shows up to this pageant thing, even like the realtor who oh, like, I didn't notice there? that. The realtor <laughs> is there. He's in like the second row and, and he's that. like prominently featured. Like, what is he doing there? The Can clown that about the clown? in the beginning?
2: He was so creepy. Why did they, Why was that yeah. necessary?
0: I guess just to beat her while she's down in the beginning, like he's mocking her and he seems to kind of pick on her and she's like, it's not funny. You're never funny. And just another thing to emphasize how horrible her life is. She has this like mean clown constantly mocking her. I I don't know. I was like not happy to see him again when he showed up at the end. Like this guy, get him out of here. I thought the third act
3: was the look for once again, this one, this movie's strange. I'm willing to give everyone's uh, points. And I'm not even like the biggest. I'm not. I'm more meh about it. I think it's fine. But I do think this movie kind of had a stronger third act. Like once she. like Once I knew the kind of movie it was going to be. Once I said, how does a Christmas store stay open the whole year? Yeah. And that whole plot line was strange. And I said, Okay. It's this movie is is not half-assed. It's sincere. It's just very clunky and not well executed. I actually thought the the last couple of scenes were charming enough.
0: I agree with you that the like maybe the second <coughs> half of the movie is more enjoyable. I mean, in the first half, her life is such a mess. It was kind of depressing me a bit. Uh, <laughs> and in the second half, when she starts to do good and things are turning up again. That was more feel-good. I kind of enjoyed that a little better. Um, And I wanted to make one more point, too, just to go back to Henry Golding. I think the biggest challenge with his character is, you know, is there a romance or isn't there a romance? Like, he's this Christmas spirit who just seems to sort of be trying to get her to, like, pick up her life. But then he does kiss her a couple times, and I find that confusing at the end. Like, is he... In love with her, even though he's just like a ghost, or I don't even know what he is really. So, I, fi- I find it really difficult to play characters who are like very, very um, vague sort of motivations. You know, it, it seemed unclear at times. Is he just trying to help her? Is he like in love with her? And even as a line, when the twist is revealed, you, know, you were gonna get my heart one way or another, like as if to say, oh, if I hadn't died, we would have gotten together which I don't think they would because then she wouldn't have a donor for her heart transplant and she would have died. So <laughs> I don't think they would ever really have gotten together.
1: I Well, I 100% think the reason why he didn't make a bigger move is because he is dead. Because the moment that he brought her back to his apartment and he didn't – first of all, when I saw it was a twin bed, I was like, mm. And then he didn't lay down with her. I You're like, he's, he's dead. Like, you, you just like, – there's, again, like another – indication that he's not real that he's not there um, and I, I also just think that like the, the development though it's like did he actually really like her like it, you know she got sh- pooped on in the eye like you know first of all they're strangers she sees them outside the shop they put their faces right next to each other which nobody ever does like you're in my bubble too
0: it's close. Such a movie thing.
1: I'm so, Right that you're like okay well this is, just isn't realistic and then he does bring her like it's like There was a compilation of the most romantic looking dates like this walk down the alley that's lit by string lights and taking her to the secret garden and the skating rink had like ballroom lighting, you know, and no one else was there that it was just sort of like, they didn't actually show the development of their relationship, they just showed interactions that realistically would just never happen. And I think that that's one of the reasons why the romance just never seemed to make sense to me that like they didn't actually develop a romance. They just showed them doing romantic things um, and, and, and just didn't spend any time on their actual relationship. Like what are they actually, you know, she's getting stuff from him. But I think that that was the thing is I was like, why does he like her? What is he getting out of this relationship?
0: You know. He just doesn't want to see that heart going to waste. I think that's his biggest thing. It's like I gave you my heart, and now your life is just a complete mess. Like I don't want my like donation to be in vain. <laughs> like do something with your life because like you have my heart here. You know, don't let it just um, waste away. I kind of got that feeling. Now hmm. I'm like
3: the, trying to think of Ghost Rules. I, is he <laughs> a ghost? Like I know we're like the. This movie he, has a colon. Is he a ghost? Like. <laughs> I, you're right. He does. She does know where he lives. She's finding out all these secret areas, but it. I don't know Patrick Swayze was was a played a better ghost. Like I think there spirit. were rules to that.
0: I think Chris. He's a he's a spirit, like a guardian angel, maybe yeah, guardian, mental like that.
3: guardian angel,
0: something like that. I I I will go along those lines because uh, again he seems to be like helping her out. But again the fact that there is some physical affection just makes it kind of bizarre like can you imagine if like you know your fairy godmother showed up but then she kind of like flirted with you a little (laughs) bit (laughs) you're like wait what is happening now who's the fairy godmother (laughs) Uh, it depends depends on who the, the godmother or godfather is
1: why can i feel you because i'm a part of you
2: take care of my heart
0: I promise.
3: It was always going to be yours one way or another. <laughs> um.
1: I do think that I might argue, and I've only just come up with this now in my head, but I would argue that he is like a ghost. And it, and it plays on this idea of, you know, the ghosts of Christmas past or whatever, because he, he comes in and he has a purpose. And at the end, you, you can assume that they don't see each other anymore, you know, right? Like right. they, they have that like last interaction and the feeling that I get is he's, he's going to be gone now. So it's almost like he came in and served a purpose. He showed her the, the good in the world and the good in her, et cetera. And, and now it's done. So it's, you know, in my mind, I think he just moves on and, and is now gone. And if he wasn't a ghost, you'd think that his spirit or his being would persist and they just hang out forever and
0: should have a ghost boyfriend or whatever. I want to see (laughs) that movie. I want to see Ghost Boyfriend. (laughs) Ghost Boyfriend. I I mean, that's ghost, isn't it? Um, But, uh, you know, I I was relieved that he did not fade into snow or something. I was half expecting that last (laughs) shot of him. He would, like, dissolve into the snow or something. I I was relieved that didn't happen. Um, And then they do kind of imply, I think – That she will eventually have a romance with that one guy at the homeless shelter that works there, you know, the other volunteer, because they have just one shot of him looking at her during the pageant at the end, but then they don't do anything else with that. I was kind of half expecting the two Mm -hmm. weeks later for that guy to show up to their Christmas dinner (coughs) or something. Would you have Uh, liked that twist? I I mean, it's a rom com. I kind of would think that. She should end up with somebody at the end. Oh
2: my gosh! But but all no. It's, you you could have a girl end up independent and happy by herself. Yeah.
0: Not. I'm not saying that she should have. I'm just saying, like, based on my experience with rom coms, typically that's how they end. So I'm just trying to like, as an experienced movie goer, I try to like see where things are going, and usually I see familiar patterns. So I kind of was ex- half expecting that. I don't need that. I'm just saying. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. I would have been but... so angry if they did that. She needs a man. No damn it. way.
1: But the, and the other thing is that they were already cramming in so much. And so, so what I did appreciate about the film is I do think that they were trying to touch on a lot of relevant and important and timely topics with with representation. Um, and if they added that last element, I think that it just would have been another, like, unfinished storyline or like this, something that they added just to say, look at this, like, but didn't, it didn't develop it. it, like, didn't give that piece an evolution. And for example, like, you know, things that I think they did really, like, well, or interestingly, is they had a really diverse cast. They had yeah. amazing representation of interrac- interracial relationships, almost too many that, again, that over the top feeling where it's like, we get it, every single relationship except for one is interracial, like that's, you know, but it's again, great to see that representation. Um, You know, representation of uh, disabled people, there were several people in wheelchairs, including Daniel, the one that you're referencing from the shelter, you know, they're immigrants, Uh, there was an LGBTQ relationship. So I think that they, they brought in all of these really great themes that I think are important for us to start seeing. But I do think if they just added like that ending it it probably would have been a little counterproductive to maybe like progressing forward with like showing these these things in movies because it would have fallen into that old formula of like the girl's got to end with a guy um, but I I also think that it would have just been like one more <laughs> like one more thing on the Sunday that you're like this thing's going to overflow because there's just too many like unfinished or like loose ends that you're sort of like I get what you're trying to do but it's it's a little bit too much because you're not developing it, it well enough
3: that's a very good point well
0: that's you know uh, she would have ended up now with the wheelchair guy the volunteer the guy with the hat that, the, oh. the, yeah the I was about to ask guy.
2: Shayna is that what you picked <laughs> up on because is that a, it well, was the other is, guy I
0: thought, no no I yeah the younger guy who's like that, the same that age that was asking her boy.
2: about the ghost boyfriend <laughs> you know. maybe I'm misremembering the, moment
1: the I one thought- that she
0: got coffee with him
2: Oh, I don't even remember that.
1: <laughs> but the moment that that I thought you were big twist talking about is when she goes out and she starts performing in front of the shelter and getting donations. They show Daniel come up in the background and he was kind of like watching her from afar. I thought shaking his head. I thought that was the one that you were talking wow, about. Wow, No, no, no. I'm
0: talking about, no, no. At the end, at the pageant, like, the young mm. the the young volunteer with the hat who, like, he, he kind of just looks at her and he has, like, a sparkle in his eye. And I thought that was an indication of, like, I forgot he you know, what, Aww, what that's come. so. Um, I appreciated you know,
2: we... that. That was, like, the one subtle thing in the film that they would all, I felt like they would ultimately get together. Of course, I went in with my spoiler, knowing that, um, Henry, Tom wasn't, wasn't really there.
0: Right. Uh, you'd be funny though, actually, if she wound up at the end taking like, uh, what like the old homeless guys home and that turns out to be her new boyfriend, yeah. <laughs> like the guy, the guy, like who stole the cookies or something. Uh, that would be a funny twist. Um, I the get family a would de- laugh
2: when everyone yeah. stole the cookies. Yeah.
0: Right, because she's so bad at everything. It's like make sure everyone gets gets two cookies, and then you know immediately everyone takes all the cookies. Um, I did like, I did like the dynamics of the family, and you're right, maybe they're doing too much. But the one scene where they're all at dinner, and the the younger, or I guess she's the older sister, I'm not sure, but the one who's a lawyer, um, you know, I kind of was appreciating her story where she was coming from. You know, like the, the ignored sister who doesn't get enough attention despite all she does. And, you know, in that scene, uh, the Kate character, she outs her sister, right? And at that point, I was thinking, ooh, are they making Kate too dislikable at this point? Because that's, like, mm-hmm. one of the worst things you can <clears throat> do is to, like, out someone when they don't want to be. And that, I think, might have been, like, the rock bottom for her. So, you know, then she has, like, the reconciliation scene later on, uh, which was a good scene but at that point I'm like she's doing too much to piss everyone off like are they trying to hammer in this too much like she is like maybe too much of a bad person I almost was rooting against her at that point
1: well she comes off as and the 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 picture they paint is that she's extremely selfish and I think that right. it's really hard to 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 then build empathy and compassion for someone who's not just you know has a as has a shit life for lack of a better word I don't know if I can them on you can <laughs> by all means i'm like is this like cable network tv
0: um this is a g-rated <laughs> podcast how dare you
1: but you know she ha- it's it's more than her just having a crappy like go of things she's not like a good person in a lot of ways
0: and but she's to blame for her misfortune yeah, you know, like she, yeah. she has no one to blame but herself for all she's doing i mean even like in the beginning when she doesn't lock up she, she does it's not that she doesn't lock up she runs out mm-hmm. of that store and doesn't even close the door i'm mean, like it's clear that you did not lock up it's not like you could have like forgotten like oh, i could have sworn i locked up like no you flew out of there and you knew that there was no way that door was locked and um it, it was, like, just frustrating. Like, she kept making mistake after mistake, you know, bringing guys home to, like, these flats she's staying in.
1: But is it a mistake? Or is – like, you know, like – and I think I had that moment where I was, like, I don't like – I actually don't really like her. And another thing that's going to sound so silly but that stood out to me is she kept putting her shoes on everyone's couch and bed. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes, that yeah. really bo- – that really bothered yeah. me. Like, on the couch at the one flat, Um. you know, the guy who, like, builds, like, ships and stuff, she puts her f- – her boots on the couch she puts and her then when she's in, at Henry Gold-
1: in Henry Golding's bed
0: <laughs> for, who, who, who sleeps with boots on first of all that's not even comfortable but also like I, I don't know I'm not a total neat freak but just the idea of your boots you're walking around the city in that you're putting on couches and beds like no like that's just like a, a no no for me I, that yeah. bugged the crap out of you me
1: see? well and I think they build up that dislike because that's just disrespectful right
0: Right. If that's like an intentional way to maybe show how like thoughtless she is, maybe that's a smart way. But it just like that kind of thing just bugs me. Like I live in like a no shoe apartment. You take off your shoes as soon as you get in, like, you know, putting shoes on a bed. Like, absolutely not.
2: I would have liked a little bit more on what she was like before she got sick because the the owner, Santa, Mm. touches on it like you were great. You cared before. So I think that would have made her a little bit more sympathetic if we'd gotten more of that but to everybody's point yeah she was just very dislikable and you know sh- selfish like Shana said
0: yeah i I like the the Santa <laughs> character or uh, I forget what she said her actual name is but um you know I she has some really good moments like the the speech about how she had to break her own window to get the insurance I really and, like that moment you know, i yeah you know, she that's a really good actress also like you know i I recognized her from crazy rich Asians and I was I was like curious like hmm like they casted two major actors from the same movie before I was like is this like the same production company or something
3: you don't think that whole plot line was uh, like granted great line great moment but you don't think that whole plot line was strange like well, her date that, that whole dating the guy she was, was the
0: guy she was seeing that was strange like the guy comes yeah. in. And they kind of just stare at each other like they're aliens or something. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, like, and then she shows him what is possibly the worst Christmas product <laughs> I've ever seen in my life, which was that singing monkey that screams. Um, you know, I get, like, she has obscure Christmas items, but that was, like, a monstrosity. But so, um, yeah, that romance I was, like, kind of indifferent about. It was meant to be funny, right? Like, it was meant to be, like, a funny interaction, like an awkward romance, but it was just kind of odd to me. Like, that should have been directed better yeah. and maybe like I don't know It just this it was, movie it was, was really
2: long too so I feel like some stuff like that wasn't needed it,
0: yeah you could have yeah. cut that out I agree but I think that's like one thing to show how she's making amends with the Santa character is helping her with this guy I mean she could just be better at her job and that would yeah. be enough but you know she's trying to help set her up with this guy so you know there's that montage where she's like making amends with all the people that she has like wronged, I guess, you know, the guy with the fish she killed and like the guy who's like, like, I forgot thing. about that. I was like, who the hell is yeah. this guy? Right, right. Like, that was just like a throwaway like joke. And like, she's, you know, she has to like make amends with all these people. You know what it kind of reminded me of though. I don't know if you guys watch South Park um, too much, but there's a funny episode when Cartman thinks he's dead and he thinks he's a ghost. And the reason why he thinks he's not getting into heaven is because he has to make amends. And there's this really hilarious montage where he's giving fruit baskets to all the people he's wronged. <laughs> and he's singing in the background, like, make, make it right. I'm paying for my sins. Like, it's like this really like, funny cheesy song. And I was thinking of that Cartman song while she was going around, like, oh, here's a fish because I killed your fish. And here's, like, a, a model because I ruined your model. Like I was thinking of Cartman going, make make it right like it was that cheesy
2: it's kind of simplistic Um, to be like here you can make make all wrongs right by one little action and your your selfish behavior for how long is forgiven
0: right it just takes like one gesture to totally rebuild all of that but it seemed like the fish guy i don't know it was like i get a sense she's like staying at all these people's houses and she's constantly getting kicked out because she's like ruining things but all those reasons she's getting kicked out were, like, so outlandish. Like, you dropped a hair dryer into a fish tank, <laughs> and then, like, you that, killed this fish. Like, they came up with these really wild reasons.
3: That kind of humor felt, like, very out of place for – I don't know. It felt very family guy. Like, cutaway, yeah, like cutaway. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, they did that a few times. Um, like, you're
3: making – the match stu- the match uh, ship. Um, oh, she burned it with the flatmate. Yeah, that that, that kind of like. Oh, do you remember? It had that Family Guy. Like, do you remember when you did this? <laughs> yeah, remember. It cut it's like to, that
0: time. That,
3: yeah. I'm happy. We, you know, I I really do appreciate this conversation that we're having because it's kind of shocking that I think Emma Thompson is a fantastic actress and a fantastic writer. She's filled with wit. Um, and Paul Feig has directed some outstanding. Co- I think Bridesmaids still is probably one of the top comedies of the 2010s. Absolutely. Not, uh and it's kind of shocking that any attempt at humor seems either mean-spirited or or at least like making this character come off as mean-spirited or selfish and odd. I still think odd is the term I would use for this movie. Yeah, yeah it
0: is it's it's strange at times. Like when she gets kicked out of that uh apartment um yeah, with the guy with the model building and stuff, you know, she falls over the couch and crushes the thing he was building. Oh, but, yeah. But, like, I... why was it on the couch? You know, like, he put it on a couch. It's like they were just setting it up for her to, to fail, basically. Um, like, little things like that, like, seem so forced at times that, like, uh, it's not even funny. It's just kind of I wonder if that's,
2: like, subtlety in writing versus execution. Because if maybe uh, Amelia Clark had played all that as unwittingly clueless as opposed to ignorantly careless, which is, that's what it, she just didn't care, and she wreaked all this havoc yes. on her friends' lives, as opposed to, if you were just a dope and a hot klutzy, if, maybe if she had played it more that way, it would have been a little bit better.
0: Right, she could have been, like, a charming doofus or something, like, oh, she's just clumsy and needs to be, like, more considerate, but it's like, no, she, like, does not care. <laughs> like, if I had nowhere to stay, and someone is taking me in for like a few weeks. I would definitely be a little more considerate than putting my dirty ass boots on their like, you know, couch cushions.
3: That's not all on a. I, I, that's definitely on the director and even Emma Thompson, who was definitely on set for a lot. Like, could have they could have explored this character more? I agree. I th- we made a point. Um, I think it was Shay. You said like this character is very one dimensional. I I opened up a Hallmark card, it played last Christmas, and then I put it away where it might still be in the trash, it might be under my bed, who knows, like...
0: (laughs) You know, the Hallmark thing really resonates with me because I think one of the, 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 um, like, critics, um, like, one of the critic blurbs from the Rotten Tomatoes sheet you gave me, Keith, it's like, uh, yeah, I have it here, it's a star-studded rom-com that plays, like, an expensive (sighs) Hallmark film and i totally get that um yeah maybe a hallmark film would just not have the budget to afford all these george michael songs cuz like music rights can be expensive but besides that yeah it's so hokey you would kind of have to expect this sort of schmaltzy story with that kind of ending of like a homeless shelter pageant to be in like a hallmark movie uh so i i totally got that and that has its place right people there yeah, there's an audience for very silly but comforting Hallmark films, but that's not that's not the kind of thing you expect from a big budget studio with you know an ensemble cast. You expe- and from uh, a notable writer like Emma Thompson, um, who you know she's in this movie and I think she she's you know gives a good performance as this mom that like you know is lovable, but you can see how her kids get frustrated with her. You know I bought the accent. You know I don't know if I have a, a good ear for <laughs> Eastern European accents, but. Um, you know, I thought she was she was good in the movie as like a supporting player. Um, I'm curious, like, you know, she wrote the story and what the inspiration was for making it specifically like you know that kind of background for her family, like you know, former Yugoslavian you know, refugees or something. Yeah, you know, that was, you know, that that was interesting. It wasn't explored very much. You know, they 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 fled Yugoslavia, and you know the mom is afraid of being persecuted. You know, and you get a sense of like. Amelia Clark encounters on the bus you know with like a couple other people who are being harassed but they that's all they really touch on it really right it's it's a really deep subject that they lightly touch on
3: this might be a little cynical approach to it but I do like um, Shannon I think uh, I think you said um a while back that there are many different ways to go with this uh like you know with the whole brexit and all this and I think just so we can get Emma Thompson in the movie. Let's go with. yeah you know, Playing this uh, I, foreign mom. Let's make her Western European. Yes, I. Or Eastern didn't European. Eastern Love European.
2: that because because I don't like I know very little about Brexit, but I'm I'm the English people, people of the UK who voted for it didn't like South Asians coming in. Is my understanding. If you're gonna kind of boil it down, like that's who they were afraid of. Not not Eastern Europeans who immigrated two decades ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, kind of maybe um, a misfire on touching up on that, like, you know, what was at the time uh, a current event mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's like if you really have to know your stuff if you're going to tackle something like that. And in, like, what's ultimately a schmalty Christmas movie, Yeah, not really the kind of place where maybe you should be touching on those issues.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting point, JJ, because of the things that I did appreciate about the film, like it, that was kind of one of the components that I walked away saying, like, well, I think I appreciate that they tried. Um, but I, I really do think that there, there were a lot of like misfires. And, and in one of them, I really was the casting that I was like, all right, well, here's like Emma Thompson trying to play this immigrant mother. And also though, Marta and Kate were both British actors that I was like, if this were to be realistic, like they're they're they looked like they were like in their teenage years when they moved from Yugoslavia. they yeah. have one hundred percent like British accents that i I just don't think it was really done well. So to your point, JJ, I think that it's like, yeah, like if you're going to try to touch on that, like do a better job and, and make it accurate and make it actually meaningful because, because they didn't execute that well on it, it really does take away, I think from any, any of the good that they might've been trying to do by saying like, we want to represent the struggles of being an immigrant or, or whatever they were trying to do, you know?
0: Yeah. It just, um, you're right with with the aging thing too. I, I hadn't considered that before. Like I forget what year they say, but you know, you're in Yugoslavia it has to be like in the early. It was 90s.
1: 1999.
0: Oh, 1999. I thought Yugoslavia had broken up by the so mid '90s. Okay.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, I need a maybe like a a history expert in here or something. But Yugoslavia, I'm very certain did not exist by 1999. Uh, but even so, uh, you know, she says she's 26. And, you know, I don't want to I don't need like exact, <laughs> you know, age matching up, but she definitely seems like she would be you know, if you're a teenager in the 90s, you're not 26 in the late 2010s is what I'm saying. Um, you know, that's that's like a detail that um, you, know, you, you should get a little more right in whether that's like in a, in a from a script supervisor or from a casting point of view. Um, yeah, that doesn't really add up. Now you are here. We have Kremtor. I'm sorry. Hey.
3: Seriously, Master, I'm sorry. Doesn't matter. Well thanks a lot mum.
0: you are say about
3: it. I'm alright actually. What so is there something wrong with your favourite cake now? No, I'm just not hungry.
2: There's always something, isn't there? Like you're hungry, you're not
1: hungry, you're tired, you're overexcited.
3: My not
2: time you
1: ache.
3: Oh, you're so tiresome, Katerina. Oh, Nabi Mate, it's Kate. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs>
2: you taught her these terrible words?
3: Of course not.
2: Do you actually
1: even know what Nabi means? Uh, yeah, I actually do. It means I will nail you to my
3: dick. Yeah, I knew that. Not dick, penis. Well, dick means penis. Dick means penis? Dick means penis. No, dick yeah. is our neighbor. It also means penis. Oh. Dick, our neighbor is called
0: penis. Dick is penis. Penis is dick. Just stop saying dick word. and penis. It's just you know some of these. Uh, I'm just trying to think. You know, the aud- we're critical on this movie, but you know, the audiences gave this a really high score. 81 percent is pretty significantly high, I think. And I get if people were warmed by this, and maybe they just totally like, you know, the political stuff went over their heads, you know, and they're just kind of warmed by it. Sure, everyone wants that kind of feeling around this time of year. Um, but some of these, uh, you know, Keith sends me these like uh, blurbs from critics and audiences. And there's um, one, uh, <laughs> there's one audience review that I thought was like one of the funniest audience reviews I've ever seen in any of these sort of movies we've talked about. And uh, I'll just read it here. Movie was a little slow in beginning, and we did not appreciate the foul language. But the surprise ending was just terrific. Had to use three tissues. Want to get a DVD of this movie? If I can find one, I give it four and a half. A wow. DVD.
2: Who is this? Do you I get really... any information? It sounds like a grandma.
0: I think sometimes on Rotten Tomatoes it gives like a first name and like last initial, <coughs> but besides that, you know, you don't get any. You don't know. Um, I just thought that was so funny. Like a lot of these audience scores, uh, audience reviews are saying like surprise ending. I was shocked, but I love. I love the fact that this person said, did not appreciate foul language, but then goes on to say, I want the DVD. (laughs) It's not hard to find DVDs, number one. You just go to Amazon. Second, why would you want the DVD? (laughs) (laughs) I can get it.
3: I can get it to an extent that, like, I don't really go for these kind of movies. And that's not, like, I'm not talking about rom-coms in general. I'm talking about, like, I think we know what kind of movie this is uh it, and that's like more hallmarky but i can kind of this is just like you know you're you have like a drink in your hand fireplace going watching this movie with family it ends you go ah don't think about it what else is on let's like i i think it, it has that third act where it does kind of land on its feet where you kind of forget about all the the strangeness before it um mm-hmm. i I think I yeah I don't I think that's why audiences I can kind of get it um right. but it, I do it, think this movie could be better. It could be <laughs> way better. Combo. It
0: feels good at the end. Again, they're like it's a good message they're trying to convey. But again, if you're trying to do a schmaltzy movie, you're not supposed to think about it. Don't talk about like immigration stuff, you know, or don't like throw in all these other serious issues um that yeah, it, it's like mixed. Like what are you trying to do here? And that that is what I think is supposed to come out of like uh, a third or fourth version of a script is where you like cut out all the stuff that you know really takes away from the main idea you're supposed to do um,
1: uh, so and th- this is a really interesting conversation I think because you know to, to Keith's point I'm I'm that movie watcher I joke that I have like very lowbrow taste I'm very simple I'll find almost anything entertaining Um so I, I totally understand like that most of the viewership probably is not thinking too too deeply about what's going on here, and you know might look at the kitschy scenes like the romance with Santa and that you know that cringeworthy scene, you know they might not be thinking of that past that scene. So I totally understand why if, if you just kind of take it for like face value, whatever it, it's like you can sort of see the, the evolution, the growth, and then this happy ending. Um, with what, what feels like a, a really major unexpected twist for probably a lot of people who aren't thinking that deeply or aren't picking up maybe on these subtle nuances that they're really <laughs> hinting at. Um, so I can kind of understand that. But on the flip side, you know, I I think where I landed after this film was like, like I said before, appreciating that I think they tried to do some of these things and tried To do some representation and even though they maybe didn't do it justice you know is is there something to be said about the progression of film and content and representation that like we need to move in a direction where these things are starting to be normalized and the intention here is maybe what is is notable that they did try to touch on these things they didn't have the opportunity or time to really delve into any one thing so I think I'm kind of weighing those two things where it's like, is it better that they tried and kind of set a bar for saying like these things need to be talked about in maybe any genre or, you know, did they do a disservice to the film itself and to these issues by not being able to spend enough time. And I think I kind of fall on the side of, well, like we do need to see representation. Like we do need to see these types of things. And those were the things that stood out to me that I, that actually made me like the movie a little bit more because i liked what they were trying to do more so than liking the film itself.
0: I I Shay, is that. it more
3: of a oh, oh sorry, is it more of a percentage for you instead of just like one way is it more like oh i feel 70/30 about this or 60/40 if that makes sense? Um, like uh, what the movie's trying to do or and what it doesn't do for you or is it just like i feel is it just two ends of the spectrum?
1: Well, you know, I think when I was thinking about the movie after having seen it, my, my feeling was pretty, like, I didn't like the movie itself, but because they tried to do these things and, you know, it still elicited a, a bit of an emotional reaction for me at the end, even though I, I suspected very early on that Tom wasn't real and, you I even actually very proud of myself predicted that the bench in the park was his memorial bench. Um, yeah. <laughs> he so sat
0: over the plate, right? So that's right, why you didn't see it. Right.
1: So, you know, even though I knew all of those things, like it's still, I, I was a little sappy at the end where I was like, oh, like just seeing the scene and the emotion that they were able to build. So I really did have some genuine reactions that I think when the movie ended, I was like, maybe it's a net positive, like. I think it was fine. Okay. Like, I'll, I'll, I won't, like, pursue watching this movie again. I won't necessarily, like, recommend it. But I think that if I had to say, did I enjoy it? It's like, sure. I, I like what they were trying to do.
0: You know, I uh, I, I agree that, um, <clears throat> you know, I think the effort and the intention were both, like, um, commendable, right? Um, and if a movie gets you to feel something, that's definitely a sign of some success, right? Like I think the ultimate failure of a movie is one that makes you feel nothing. Right. And, it's, and so if, if you did feel I kind of felt a little bittersweet at the end too. Like, Oh, like how sad, maybe if he hadn't tragically died, they might've had a nice romance and her life wouldn't be so terrible. But um, yeah, I, I kind of like, you know, with all those things in mind, I do kind of like give the movie at times the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I think just the frustration is just how be- much better it could have been. We could have had maybe a much more interesting take on this Christmas genre and this rom-com genre.
3: I have one last question, uh, which I think will help me determine my score. Does this movie, for all of you, uh, give you, or does this movie have any, or and or give you Christmas the holiday spirit? Does it get you into the
0: holiday spirit? Yeah, th- I, I kind of was getting a bit. This is my first Christmas film I'm watching this year. Mm. Yes. Usually, I usually like to wait till after Thanksgiving, personally. I'm not going to give crap to people who go right after Halloween. That's them. But I like to wait. <laughs> um, but uh, I kind of was, especially with, like, the Christmas store. I kind of – it's as, as a really? smalty thing, and that's a very hallmark thing, like, a, a, you know, uh, an all-year-round Christmas store. But I kind of was getting those some of those Christmas feels for sure, and that's kind of what you, that's the bare minimum you should get out of a Christmas movie. Um, so for me, yes.
2: I would say towards the end. Uh, the beginning didn't do anything for me. Like it, her running around in an elf suit and working in that store, it didn't do anything for me. But at the end, with the like the true meaning of Christmas, and she's giving her time and helping helping the homeless and she's a better person I think that I got the Christmas feels and I'll also agree with Shay that I knew it was coming and it it elicited emotion in me too so in that sense definitely definitely a good I think holiday feel movie yeah I, I I kind of agree with both of those camps
1: where the obvious nature of the Christmas part like feels like it was Christmas time, the Christmas shop, the elf shoes, you know, those sort of things create the setting for me where it's like, okay, it's Christmas, like people are shopping for ornaments, they're out shopping for gifts. And that sort of like, that hustle and bustle, you see that that kind of brings up those feelings for you as a Christmas shopper, or someone kind of preparing for the holiday. Um, But I think what really did it for me that I, I really liked was the underlying themes of you know, we talked about Tom being this like picturesque vision of good in the world, a good person who's kind and adventurous. And, you know, he has that saying like, look up and stuff like, um, and, and he got her to start thinking about other people. Like really, for me, her evolution wasn't necessarily um, anything related to the relationship or things that he was like bringing directly, but her growth, throughout the movie all happened because of reconnecting with other people. And I think that that's sort of the Christmas feeling for me that makes you feel good that says, remember to give back and remember to like open your heart and, and make these connections. And so I think that underlying theme of doing good and giving back and and stretching yourself and challenging yourself, that sort of like really tied the rest of those really obvious christmas themes together for me i think so i, I did definitely walk away feeling like it was a christmas movie and and and, and is that kind of feel good christmas movie
0: yeah you know that kind of comes back to what i'm saying like i think this movie is good intentions it's a good natured movie and i always like to see that and also like it is you know, like an original story you know like you know rom-com tropes you know and all that kind of stuff but for the most part it's not based on anything right it's not a song well yeah a song but you know what i mean like it's, it's an originally conceived story written originally for film and that is like something that's harder and harder to come by these days so on that note alone i always give like that a movie points for that just originality and you know a straight to script original story um oh and one other thing i think shannon you mentioned the elf costume she's running around the elf costume throughout the first half I was getting a little like exhausted by how much crap she was getting for that elf costume. Everywhere she went, all those audition people were always like, "Oh, huh, she come from the North Pole?" Like, you know, it's like, all right, like stop being this girl while she's down. Like, we get it.
3: I, I just want to say this one thing: we are so lucky to be alive. Here, yeah, yeah. here. We are so lucky to be able to help each other in little ways and in big ways. The reason we are lucky is because helping each other is, in fact, what makes us happy. That's all.
0: Give a song, King!
3: A song? (laughs) I think I've got one up my sleeve. Last Christmas I gave you my heart But the very next day gave it away.
0: So I think we've reached the part of the conversation where we can now give our final thoughts and uh, final scores, percentages, for last Christmas. So uh, let's start with Shannon. What would your final thought and final score be for this last Christmas? And
2: a score on what scale? Percentage?
0: Like a a percentage score. Um, 1 to 100. 100. Or zero to one hundred. In case I need <laughs> that zero. How harsh you want to be. Um.
2: So yeah. I think my final thoughts are: it, it's not my favorite Christmas movie. It's not my favorite movie. It's not groundbreaking, but it elicited emotion in me. The second half, I think, was much better. Or to his point, the third act, I think, was was really good. Great, you know, for a, what it is, a Christmas movie. Um so for that reason as a as a general movie I would probably give it a 50% for a Christmas movie I'd give it a 60%.
0: Okay. Um, we do average our scores at the end. So if we had to give 55. Okay. Okay. That's that's fair. Um, you know, I think mean, last time we talked about a Christmas movie last year it was Home Alone 2 and uh, our guests then also gave it like a Christmas bump. Like as a movie it's one thing but as a Christmas movie <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yeah. something else. So uh, that's it. It's kind of like these uh, holiday films are like their own beast mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, what about you, Shay?
1: It's it's a movie that I'll never see again. But I, like I said, really did appreciate what they were trying to do, despite it really not being the best of executions. My categorization is is more of like a, a Christmas movie and like maybe what they're trying to do category, where I'm like. You know, teetering between those two, where I'm inclined to give it a higher score because of the intention, the positive intention behind what they were trying to do. So I'd say a 65.
0: We're teetering around because, like, you know, the 60% or higher is fresh, right? And below that's rotten. So we're teething around that threshold there. So this will come down the wire, I predict. So, uh, Keith, uh, share your final thoughts and score.
3: Shannon, you sh- you stole my, th- like, my exact... You took the words right out of my mouth. Like, literally, uh, just even the, the summing up. Like, this isn't my favorite uh, movie, but it does... I think, J.J., like you, this was my first Christmas movie. And it's like an appetizer movie. It's a movie yeah. you watch before the Christmas movie. It's a movie you watch when you're having cheese and appetizers before the meal of Christmas Vacation or Home Alone 2. Any other 11 months out of the year, this is a 50. But like with our, our last Christmas movie last year, we, di- I, we do give it a Christmas bump. And it, uh,
0: during Christmas, it is a 60. Okay, six. This will probably be like a just barely passing kind of movie. Um, yeah. Uh, I think where a lot of us are in consensus here, the intention and the Christmas spirit of it all is what it ultimately saves it. And you know what? I think Shay, you touched on this before, but the representation. There's something to say about this. I mean, uh, we're we're seeing like more diverse leads in rom coms, right? Like Henry Golding seems to be coming like a regular lead and rom-com he's very I think, good he, he is I, I you know obviously he's very good looking but i think he's also a very good actor he is charming and um you know it's and i also kind of appreciate the fact that now in this movie it's they don't even draw attention to his ethnicity he just is the lead you know he happens to be like an asian lead but he's just the lead you know what i mean and it's just it's just a matter of it's just a fact now you know it's it's like it, it that's a way of normalizing it basically. Um, So I appreciate that and hope to see that in in more films, and I think we will be getting that. Um, So um, just one last kind of note for that. But ultimately, um, you know, I think I would give it a a 64. So I think we're going to be giving it, like, a just barely fresh, which I think works. It is watchable, you know, maybe not rewatchable, but it's it's watchable and – you know, you feel something. You don't feel nothing. So what? What is our uh, average score there, Keith? Our average score is a. You're right, sixty-one. Wow. Mm. Just
2: under the wire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it just it just barely passes, and it feels like that, right? It feels like a movie yeah. that, like, you know, it just slides. It just barely passes, right? Um, so I think that's appropriate. So um, that means that on last christmas we are officially siding with the audience Yay. so uh, you know nice way to uh go out this is our last uh, episode of our season um you know besides our. Bonus we got episode. to be on the
2: season finale cool.
0: yeah that's yeah. correct I feel so honored thank you yes.
2: guys
0: yeah, oh. yeah this was a both. great discussion yeah th- um
3: th- thank you guys for coming on
0: yeah, you know, and I wanted to talk about last Christmas this movie because I have a feeling, given that it's not really that rewatchable, that people will probably forget about this movie uh, later on. Um, so we'll see mm-hmm. if it, you know it, if it fades into obscurity or not, or if we maybe see it, you know, rerun on cable on some channel. Maybe you know, on in, the home channel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. TV.
3: TB- I could see it on TBS and TNT. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, i I think that's an appropriate home for it. Um, <laughs> yeah just add add to their their slate of christmas movies it wants to be a classic right it really wants to be a christmas classic it's just not quite there and it, yeah. it really it could have been if the writing was better unfortunately um but you know thanks again shay and shannon for for joining us uh for this yes, discussion. thank you hope uh everyone has um you know a safe and happy holiday season
2: thank you guys and
0: um yeah of course it's been great having you and then we hope to have you guys again uh for future episodes come for next season can't wait uh, we'll look out for that
1: thank you until
0: then yeah of course until then guys uh enjoy the holidays enjoy uh the rest of the year and um yeah see you soon for more divided films all right thanks a lot